Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Riffers. This is Riffs and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast, where we go to the 5e books and talk about various rules and haunts your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riffwake, and I'm full of energy. And I'm Remy, a player on Riffwake and a Dungeon Master myself, and I'm sleepy. But anyway, today we are here to talk to you about spellcasting focuses. So uh, we did do an episode on the basics of spellcasting way, way back in the day. But spellcasting focuses in particular are honestly just weird and confusing and the rules are dumb. So we are going to focus in on the focuses to better clarify how the hell those work. So first things first, Nathan, what is a spellcasting focus? It's like a thing that makes your magic into a laser beam that kills people. No, no, the magic itself does that. I mean, no, this isn't a magnifying (laughs) glass. It's not that kind of focus. It focuses the mind. So a spellcasting focus is a tool that a lot of spellcasters are able to use in or sometimes need to use in order to cast their spells. However, exactly when you might need a focus is not quite as clear. So, Nathan, when does a spellcaster need to have a focus? I don't know. I don't really use this rule. (laughs) And yeah, honestly, I should probably go ahead and just put that here at the start. I hate spellcasting focus rules as written. They're dumb. They're complicated and confusing. And honestly, this is one of those times where I highly suggest just deciding what works for you and just going ahead and just doing that. So primarily, a spellcasting focus is able to be used as an alternative for a material component. So quick refresher. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition has potentially three components that are needed to cast a spell. A verbal component, so you have to say something, chant some magic words, whatever. A somatic component, which is gesturing and just doing something with your hands. 
and a potential material component where you either need to have a specific object of some kind or a spellcasting focus. So only spells that have a material component might need a spellcasting focus. So exactly what shape that takes can vary spellcaster to spellcaster. So any character is able to use a component pouch, which is just a thing that a character can buy that is just assumed to have the basic stuff. So certain spells might ask for like a sprig of mistletoe or some bat shit. Like literally bat guano is one of the potential material components. But practically speaking, that's kind of dumb and weird. And just having this just bag of random magical stuff is weird. So the rules were written to have an alternative that if you don't have a sprig of mistletoe, if a character has a spellcasting focus that is able to be substituted instead of a just thing, the exception to that exception, of course, I fucking hate this, is that if a material component has a specific cost, then you need to have whatever is the specific thing. So uh, as an actual example to better explain what we're talking about here. So chromatic orb requires a diamond valued at 50 gold pieces. OK, so because this is a thing with a gold piece value, you must actually have that diamond to be able to cast the spell. However, you just need to have the thing. You do not have that consumed by casting the spell. So you just need to have it to be the material component and you just need to have one. You don't need to worry about spending 50 gold every time you cast that particular spell. My mind just blanked However, out. <laughs> right? These rules are dumb and complicated. I really, really just don't care for them. So, yeah. So on the other hand, though, if you so, yeah, so there's let me try to zoom out and try to say this in another way that may be helpful. Spellcasting focuses are relevant only for spells that have a material component. When you have a spell with a material component, there's three options available in spells. You either just need to have just a thing like a sprig of mistletoe. You need to have a thing that has a specific cost, like a 50 gold diamond for a chromatic orb. Or you have a spell that consumes a material component like resurrection, let's say. So resurrection, you know, depending on which one you're using, might consume from like 500 gold up to like 25,000 gold worth of diamonds for the sake of true resurrection. So material component without cost, material component with cost, and consumed material component with cost are the three types of material components in spells. And any of the latter two, you must have that specific thing. You must have the diamond or the silver spoon worth five gold or, you know, the diamonds for resurrection. You need to have that specific thing. And thankfully, most dungeon masters agree that's fucking dumb. So most of the time, most dungeon masters 
don't make their player characters hunt for you know a lot of diamonds to cast a resurrection (laughs) if you just have the gold on hand you just assume they're able to get the thing fuck it because honestly (sighs) i can only see one instance in which this is actually fun is if you're playing a very very down to earth very like uh you're basically trying to immerse your players as a magic game very low magic, highly immersive, small area so that you have the you don't you're not managing so many things. That way you can get more down and dirty with like certain mechanics and such. Yeah, like a more resource focused game where it actually matters to be able to get specific things. Like it is a very particular set of circumstances where this might actually add something to your game. Right. Generally it's, it's speaking, a very no it's a very acquired taste as they say (laughs) (sighs) yeah but anyway back to the actual topic though so if the spell has a cost specifically whether it is for an item or something that it gets consumed then you must have that thing for all other spells that have a material component that's just a thing without any gold cost you can just use a spellcasting focus instead so uh, specifically in the player's handbook, when this is talked about when it talks for spellcasting, components, materials, a character can use a component pouch or a spellcasting focus in place of the components specified for a spell. But if a cost is indicated for a component, a character must have that specific component before he or she can cast the spell. Also, a very important thing to know about this, a spellcaster must have a hand free to access a spell's material components or to hold a spellcasting focus, but it can be the same hand that he or she uses to perform somatic components. That's, those sentences are also very, very important about why a spellcasting focus is so very, very valuable if you are going by rules as written. Because, again, by rules as written, if, let's use Cleric as the example for this episode. So Clerics can use a weapon and shield, and they can cast magic. So the problem comes is that by rules as written, a Cleric to cast magic has to perform somatic components with their hand. So uh, how are they supposed to do that if they have a weapon in one hand and a shield in the other? Magic. Uh (laughs) Nope. Fuck you. So by rules as written, a cleric is supposed to drop their weapon or shield to be able to wave their hand in order to cast a spell. However, this is where a spellcasting focus becomes valuable. So one of the options for a cleric is to have an emblem on their shield or to have an amulet in either. So especially for the emblem in that situation, this is where that last sentence I read comes into focus, that the spellcasting focus can be in the same hand that they use to perform the somatic component. So a cleric that has an emblem on their shield of their god as their holy symbol, or not necessarily of their god, but whatever is their emblem, that cleric then can use their shield hand to make the gestures that are needed to cast the spell. So that is how rules as written clerics are supposed to cast magic. Or on the other hand, instead, there are staffs. 
So magic staffs are a classic spellcasting component. Oh, but wait, clerics aren't usually able to use a staff as a spellcasting focus because clerics are only able to use holy symbols as their spellcasting focus because different classes have different limits on what counts as a spellcasting focus. Do you see where my problem is with all of this? <sighs> so technically speaking, even if you had a cleric that just used a quarter staff in one hand and their shield in the other, even the fact that they had a staff, even if it was a, you know, normal magic staff, doesn't count as a spellcasting focus for them, because only holy symbols count as a spellcasting focus for clerics. <sighs> Does this make sense to you? <laughs> Honestly, I'm just very confused. Yes. <laughs> All right, let me try again. Again, each class has specific things that count as a potential spellcasting focus for them. And this is spelled out at the bottom of any spellcasting classes, spellcasting instructions, like in the player's handbook or whatever other book you're using. So again, sticking with cleric as the example, spellcasting, blah, 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 blah. And then at the bottom, spellcasting focus, you can use a holy symbol as a spellcasting focus and see the adventuring gear section. Okay, I click on adventuring gear and then it mentions, okay, there's three types of holy symbols. There is an amulet, amulet, an emblem, and a reliquary. Amulet, okay, necklace of some kind, sure. Emblem, thing on a shield, okay, sure. Reliquary, I have fucking never seen anyone actually make use of this thing but it's basically think like that kind of like box that you see in movies that's full of incense and swinging on a chain in certain like church scenes in movies it's like there's some holy object of some kind that a cleric is able to use as the focus just oh, it's it's all just so dumb you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But okay, so that's clerics. But then we get to druids, which have their own druidic focuses, which is, and here is where the joke I mentioned before, sprig of mistletoe, 
a totem, a wooden staff, or a U wand. So that's Y-E-W, as in the wood, not Y-O-U. So, okay, fine. So druids have way more limited options to cast their spells. <sighs> fine, I guess. But yeah. So different classes, different things. But then you've got, you know, wizards, sorcerers, warlocks that are able to use the more typical ones of a staff, a rod, or a wand. So the typical magic-y things that you might think about. But not a holy symbol. And holy people like clerics can't use the other ones for reasons. Uh, oh, but wait, for all of that, there's a few exceptions. Because magic items are also a thing. And in that situation, there are quite a number, actually, of specific magic items that say this can be used as a spellcasting focus. So especially in the Eberron books, there's actually a lot of specific examples of imbued wood focuses that just is a rod, staff or wand. And they have the very explicit sentence, if you're a spellcaster, you can use this as a spellcasting focus. So in D&D, specific beats general. So normally classes can't use a rod, staff or wand unless they are one of those I mentioned. But because this specific item does mention just if you're a spellcaster, then this thing works now. So that's nice. So they did make an exception. It's just one that most people have no idea exists. Uh, also, this specific magic item did get reprinted in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. So it is not Eberron specific anymore due to the recent printing in that book. So <laughs> where the fuck was I? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, let me try to sum up again all of these rules as written. Three situations with material components. Just no cost, cost, and consumed. If the component has a cost or is consumed, you must have that specific thing for every other spell instead of just having whatever little thing it says, you know, sprig of, you know, bat, bat guano. I don't fucking remember, then you can, instead of trying to have all of those things, use a spellcasting focus. So the point, or at least what is supposed to be the point of a spellcasting focus is for inventory management's sake, so that a DM and players can choose to not keep track of all of that stupid stuff that doesn't have a cost and can instead make the choice. Okay. I have an emblem on my shield, or I have a staff, whatever. I have some magic item that counts as a spellcasting focus, and so I don't need to keep track of all of those things. That is the intent. So there is one problem. So I did make a brief mention earlier also that, okay, some classes that do have a weapon and spellcasting may have to drop an item to be able to wave their hand if they don't have a spellcasting focus. So there is a feat, Warcaster, that is considered to be almost necessary for those kinds of hybrid classes because its whole point is that you can perform somatic components of spells even if you have a weapon or a shield in hand. And like even disregarding the other just useful things, in all honesty, of that feat, that reason is what makes it necessary for certain builds. <sighs> Deep breath. So no cost, 
instead of keeping track of thing, you have this very specific list of things your class can use to cast your magic or a specific magic item that counts as a spellcasting focus. Now, that is the rules as written. Let's move on past all of that bullshit to how you should actually do it. So, Nathan, your thoughts? Ignore it entirely and pretend like it doesn't exist. Yes, fucking yes. I hate all of this. So, honestly, even going a step farther, in my opinion, the limits on spellcasting focuses and what counts as a spellcasting focus, and even considering that, you know, the more hybrid type classes might have to just drop something. I hate it all. Most dungeon masters do ignore all of this. Most dungeon masters probably couldn't even tell you what the rules as written are because of how fucking complicated and dumb it all is. So my suggestion, forget it all. Spellcasting focuses just aren't necessary. Just eliminate them, honestly, is what would be my default suggestion. Because I don't feel that that adds anything to the game. I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it's interesting. Like, unless you're in the very specific situation of a super low magic, like resource tracking kind of game, that is the only situation where I can conceive of it being useful. Otherwise, I say just get rid of it. And honestly, you know, me being a high magic kind of DM, I would even go a step farther. I'm not super fond of needing specific material components either. So going back to Chromatic Orb, okay, you need a 50 gold diamond to cast that particular spell. Well, okay, fine. But the idea of, you know, very specific material components just to cast a spell for no good reason, I, I, I just think that also is harder than it needs to be to keep track of. So I would say that the house rule that I use for this type of situation, you should use as well, which is just... If you have a spellcasting focus that is worth more or equal to, yeah, equal to or greater than is the grammatically correct way to say that. Yeah, spellcasting focus of equal or greater value, it counts. And just fuck it. Forget all the rest of that second category of just items with a specific cost. Like, I don't care about that diamond for chromatic orb. I don't care about needing to have fucking, you know, five gold silver spoon. If you have, you know, a staff that is worth a thousand gold. Okay, cool. That counts. Good enough. I don't fucking care about keeping track of specific inventory items. The only situation where I think a material component matters is if they're consumed. If you have resurrection, okay, that does consume resources. 500 gold worth up to, you know, more like what we talked about earlier. So even then, do I care about the party tracking down 500 gold of diamonds? No, I will just assume that, okay, the party has gold. Maybe the wealth that the party has just is diamonds to make it easier to carry around because gold is fucking heavy. So maybe they do just have a bag of tiny diamonds and that's just the standard of wealth in your world. Like if you want to have just a diamond based economy in a high magic world, that kind of makes sense for, you know, wealthier individuals just to carry it. Because metal coins are fucking heavy. But even then, even if it is just normal, you know, big bags of coins, I don't care 
about the consumed thing being diamonds. If you want to just say, okay, I take a shopping day to do a diamond and that's what you want to do, fine. If the party just, you know, sacrifices the 500 gold as the component cost, I personally am okay with that. Because, again, in a high magic world, I just don't feel that it matters. And that it is the sacrifice of resources rather than just a waste of time that actually matters in such spells. So even if you want to just make it in your world that literally just sacrificing gold counts, I'm okay with that. And it is worth serious consideration to yourselves if that might work for your own worlds as well. So... In summary, in theory, a spellcasting focus is meant to make inventory control more manageable to not need to track non-consumed and non-specific spell components. Whether keeping track of components is something that you want to do, I highly suggest making a simpler, less dumb system for use in your own worlds. <laughs> Howdy folks, Remy here for just two quick things that I do feel need to just be added to the end here. So first things first, there does exist another magic item called Ruby of the War Mage. That's actually from Xanathar's Guide, which is a really nifty thing that attaches to a weapon, which allows it to be used as a spellcasting focus for any spellcaster. So just real useful to just let a cleric attach it to their mace and then be able to use their mace as their spellcasting focus. Makes it a lot easier if, again, you do decide to actually have this be relevant in your world. Also, one important distinction that I do feel the need to make. A spellcasting focus is only needed if you don't have the actual thing, like the uh, the uh, diamond for orb or the uh, whatever other material component. So spells that don't have a material component do not need a spellcasting focus. So if you are in a situation like your character's in jail and you have a spell with a material component but no stuff, you cannot cast that spell. Any spell that has a verbal and or somatic component, still fine. Those spells still work. It is only spells with a material component that may require a spellcasting focus. Sorry about missing that clarification, and have a good one! Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. 
You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life altering. And if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.